What's up, everybody? This is Zach. And Amy. With Be A Light. We hope you're having a fantastic day. Uh, we've God's been putting something on my heart pretty majorly for the last month or so about reading the Word and reading it for the public, essentially. Uh, and how <clears throat> back in the day, this is something that would be done and people would be brought closer communion with God and it's just a, a big thing that me and Amy did have done together yeah. with our walk with God and it's proved to be eye-opening like we'll we'll chase down rabbit holes <laughs> like we'll we'll get so deep into the word because we want to know as much as we possibly can mm -hmm. about God and Jesus and everything in between um and the first book that we jumped into together uh, was Acts, or Acts of the Apostles. Um, it was just such a great time, and I think that's where we're going to start today on this. Yeah, like we would, I remember we would sit in this room um, with the long table. But, yeah. Um, I remember sitting in here and... You would be at your computer and like I would just start reading and then we would just kind of get into it together mm -hmm. and like um, <clears throat> and there's something where it's like you're hearing truth together mm. um, and I mean it was something that was like you're saying like a regular practice and it's not like It's not like a religious practice. It's in that, you know, we are reading the living word of God. And it's when you read something or when you immerse yourself in something that is alive and has power and truth, sure. like it, it changes you and when you're doing that with other people it's like you get to experience that all at the same time and i know when we would do this like i'm looking at uh <laughs> just different notes that i made it's like i remember being in this room and and doing that together and that was just us like in our own time like we you know yeah. uh i mean this is the first time we're really talking about it on on video, camera i think yeah. but um Like, we weren't really sure, like, how we were going to come into this, but it's, like, um, I think just make it as simple as possible and, like, we just start reading and maybe discuss as we go. Um, and I know, like, I love, uh, this is the NLT, but they have a lot of cross-references in yep. here, and um, we'll let that unfold as we read. Mm -hmm. But... And um, we're both reading out of the NLT. Just this is what we like. Yeah, um, and that's totally up to you on what you read out of and everything. Yep. But uh, if you want as close as possible to what we're going to be reading, that's the version we're going to be reading out of. Uh, so we're going to start in chapter one of Acts, uh, and uh, just to give you a little backstory. Luke wrote both Luke and Acts. 
Uh, so as we start the first chapter in my first book, talking about Luke, I told you the- Theophilus about everything Jesus began to do and teach and to do, until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift he promised. As I told you before, John Pab. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So just that opening first um, five verses right there is a lot to unpack. Uh, We see Jesus being raised. We see, you know, talking about him being in his glorified body. um, And he's meeting with the apostles and that it, you know, was over 40 days and him talking about the kingdom because he's no longer just man, he's glorified. Yeah. Um, and I think that's such a a big point of this is when the church started. Yeah. Was this right here? Is Jesus talking to his disciples and showing them that, hey, man, I'm alive. <laughs> he's like, I ain't dead. You know, you can look at the... The scars you can see. I'm eating. I'm, you know, I'm being with you physically. It's not the spectral thing. It's, you know, yeah. Jesus actually physically being there with them. Like I think, because like we think of like the four gospels, and that's kind of like that's where Jesus ends. But his story actually ends at the beginning of Acts. Because um, this next se- section is called the Ascension of Jesus, but it was like there was still even after he rose from the dead, like it was saying, forty days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and so it was. And I know that it's like, and we know that once he rose, like he came and you know walked through the wall and met them in the room, and yeah, <laughs> um, but it's like it happened multiple times. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's like, this is the shift. This is the major shift. And, um, I like that. I mean, we know it is acts. I kind of like how the NLT calls it the acts of the apostles. Cause it's like, okay, this is all that Jesus did. And now Jesus said, you know, greater works will you do. Mm-hmm. And now I'm giving you the Holy spirit. And so it's like, this is about what the apostles did. This is like you're saying the foundation of the, the early church. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so we go on to verse six. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they no longer could see him. As they strained to see him rising into the heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken 
taken from you until heaven, but someday he will return from heaven and in the same way you saw him go. Um, I, did, I just realized this. <laughs> Those two white-robed men are more than likely angels because like, they don't explain anything else, and then, boom, they're gone. Like, they just appeared. I think... Maybe I'm thinking of like the trans transfiguration mount, yeah, where it was Moses and Elijah. Elijah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It doesn't say. It doesn't say, but that's really <laughs> really cool. Um, just that little section right there, you know, we we don't know the date or time, but the Holy Spirit gives us power. Like it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere even into the ends of the earth and that's the commission that's been given to us is Mm -hmm. that we need to be speaking about jesus and it's not just you know okay well jesus you know died to forgive our sins and everything it was sozo it's everything every part of us and we have to be willing to be open about jesus we cannot be ashamed of him. Yeah. It says, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. So we have to take that power that he's given us of the Holy Spirit and go into the ends of the earth and speak about him. Yeah. I'm just looking at some of these cross references. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like you were just saying, like they referenced um, Matthew twenty four thirty six. However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son himself. Only the Father knows. Yeah, because let's be honest. If Jesus knew, he'd let us know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he loves us that much that he would let us know. So, hmm. you know, that's why he doesn't. I never thought about that. Yeah, he, like. He shares everything with us. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things is like he would give that knowledge to us. But I love love this. It's like men of Galilee that said, why are you standing here standing into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. And that's, you know, clearly referencing his return in Revelation where he's coming out of heaven just this blaze of glory, you know, sword out of his mouth, its eyes like the sun, like that kind of <laughs> just boss level Jesus. <laughs> um, it's just awesome. And like they're they're fore- foreshadowing, but they're prophesying this in Acts. Yeah. I just love that. Why are you standing here staring into heaven? You got anything you want to add to any of that before we keep moving? Uh, No, let's keep going. Okay, Uh, we're going to start back up at uh, verse 12. Uh, This is Matthias replaces Judas. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of a half mile. When they arrived, they went went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, 
Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood and addressed them. Brothers, he said, the scriptures had been had had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit speaking through King David. Judas was the one was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. Judas had bought bought a field with the money he received from his treachery. Falling headfirst there, his body split open, spilling out all of his intestines. The news of this death spread to all of Jerusalem, and they gave a place gave the place the Aramaic name Akildama, which means filled of blood. Um, you want to pack any of that? Um, the David thing is what interested me the most. Um, that this was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit speaking through King David. I think that was um, when we were reading this together, and it unfolds much more um, as we go along. Um, I mean, we know, like, you know, God made this promise to David that, you know, the Redeemer was pretty much going to come from his... Um, family line but it's like he revealed so much about who Jesus was and so much of it is communicated in like his poetry mm -hmm. and his songs and the Psalms and um, it's just amazing to me like the revelations that he received and I want to check on a couple of these references okay. um let's see <coughs> i know one of the references that is significant to acts is um psalm 16 mm -hmm. um but we'll get to that i'm going to psalms 41. I don't know if there's 41 verse 9. Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food has turned against me. Who are they talking about there? I'm assuming Judas. Yeah. Says that portion we just read was about him mm -hmm. giving up Jesus. I'm just trying to get some context here. Um, I mean, this is a psalm, <laughs> like one of the many psalms, where it's um, David, you know, crying out to God for him to save him. Um, mm -hmm. And it's interesting, like... Um, I know there's some places where Jesus uses the language of the Psalms mm -hmm. in his teachings or prayers. And um, I mean, because this is 
Even my best friend, the one that I've trusted completely, the one who shared my food has turned against me. Like, I mean, that would be a way that I think Jesus would have felt. I think it's like, you know, he, he knew who was going to betray him. Like he could, you know, he knew people's hearts and everything. Um, I mean, you just see the way that Judas spoke any of the disciples spoke and it's like you can see what they valued and yeah but it's like um i mean like you can see it in the garden like um when they when jesus was praying before he was um taken by the (coughs) palace guards or the yeah like priest guards i mean he was praying and he was asking his friends to pray with him and he would go and they would be asleep and he was like could you not stay awake or just and it's like why can't you be with me here in my you know my time of need Mm -hmm. but he's still um And and he knew they were gonna keep sleeping, and he just you know went and prayed and was you know by himself and everything. But it's like, and he still knew that he was going to, you know, have a friend betray him. And he was, I mean, they were just having like you know Passover supper together, you yeah. know, where we now associate with like you know communion and that. Um, yeah you know, the breaking of the bread and everything. And <coughs> I mean, Jesus was washing their feet and like, I mean, he washed Judas's feet too. Yeah. And it's like, even knowing in that moment, mm. like what Jesus was going to do, he still broke bread with Judas. He still loved Judas. He still washed his feet. I, I think that's such a, a beautiful thing that regardless of how, we act, Jesus still loves us. Regardless of, you know, this guy gave him up, gave him up to be put on the cross, he still loved him. He still served him. And that's something as the body of Christ, we we need to start walking that out. As we need to love people regardless of their views or their beliefs or what they're doing in their lives that we need to be walking that life out. That's good stuff. You got another reference? Uh, They're just referencing some of the things, like in verse 20, um, it's written in the book of Psalms where it says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, like Judas, he had bought this field, he received for his treachery, and then, you know, this, and so, like, Peter's, I I guess, like, speaking (laughs) this curse on him, but... Well, he was already dead. Yeah. At that point. But it was, it was pretty much like, you know, your actions are gonna... Mm Mm-hmm find you i guess but um but uh, regardless i mean it's um 
And I think, I mean, obviously, like, because of what he did, like, I mean, I suppose, like, he could have been forgiven and he could have been a part of the disciples. Like, I mean. Technically, I think, yes, he could have. And that didn't happen, but. You know. I'm just, I mean. Because. Well, we'll keep going, and you know, you see a lot of the people that did, you know, advocate for Jesus to be put on the cross and of getting saved. saved. So, uh, so continuing in verse 21, Sal, Sal, so now, (laughs) so now we must choose a replacement for Judas for among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Bersabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they all prayed, O Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an impossible to replace Judas in this ministry, for he has deserted us and gone where he belongs." Then they cast lots, and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other eleven. So I, I clearly, you know, they're being led by the Lord. You know, picking another apostle and everything. Um, but I think, you know, even though Justice or Bersabbas didn't get picked wasn't meaning that he was not part of what was about to happen. Like, clearly he was following the Lord, but they were finding someone that was strong enough to be part of the 12 as a representation of the 12 tribes of Judah. It's interesting that they cast lots to do it. I know that that was like a custom Mm -hmm. back then, but... Um, and like you said, that doesn't mean that um, Barsabbas wasn't a part of things at any point. Or yeah, I, I just think that's an important thing, you know, even though you might not get what you want or the position or whatever, like you're still viable and you're still important to the kingdom. Uh, it's, it might not just be your time yet. So... Because I think, like, this portion is, like, it might seem like the boring stuff, but it's really setting everything up. I mean, the story has to continue. Mm-hmm. And um, you gotta they're, have, impo- they're important details. Yeah, like, you, you got to have your your leaders, your people that are going to be strong in the days to come because it moves fast and furious, but there's a lot yeah. of persecution that is also brought against the church. Mm-hmm. Um and then we get into chapter two, y'all. This is when the fire comes. Can I read? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta do it in the like. Ow. I'm just kidding. I think the word does that <laughs> itself. <laughs> all right, chapter two. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. 
Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. They were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Um, I have a note. Um, the festival of Pentecost. Um, make sure I'm reading this right. People at this time, they were gathered in um, Jerusalem for a festival. And um, I remember doing some reading on this. Uh, yeah, here we go. Deuteronomy 16. This was during a festival. It was called the Festival of the Harvest. Yeah, because Pentecost isn't it the first part of the harvest, if I recall correctly. Um, I'll look it up. I don't, I don't remember, but um, this particular festival. Um, it was called the Festival of the Harvest. This is a time to celebrate before the Lord your God, who is designated at the designated place of worship, and he will choose for his name to be honored. Um, and it's celebrating. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt. Um, so it's, I mean, it, it was a time of harvest and you know they would come and <coughs> um that's when they would be giving like the first of their harvest as offerings but um the significance to me um is i have a note here god gave his holy spirit to his people at the festival of harvest he gave it when everyone would be together to harvest what Jesus promised. Um, like, I, God, does, he does things purposefully. There isn't any coincidences with him. And, um, like, Jesus had planted all these seeds in um, his disciples, and he told them, you know, to, to wait and to pray. And I think during that time, it was definitely a time of waiting and of growth for them mm -hmm. and um, getting themselves ready to receive because they knew that the Holy Spirit was coming. So it's like, just stay here and pray and ready yourselves for that. And I think, I mean, God, God knows when we're ready, even if we don't. And I think at this time, it's like he knew people from, like it said, uh, at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem and also coming to be a part of this festival because Jews had been spread out, um, you know, f 
way further than just their homeland um, due to captivity. So there were people that spoke all different languages. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, God totally did this on purpose. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything's always on purpose for him. Did you find something? Um, yeah, Pentecost comes from the Greek word. Uh, I'm I'm going to butcher it. So, Pentecost day. Yeah, I think that's close. Meaning fifth, fifth. It refers to the festival celebrated on the fifth, fifteenth. There we go. Day mm-hmm. after Passover, also known as the Feast of Weeks and the Feast of Fifty Days. So, yeah. Which the Feast of Weeks? That's like your harvest. It was also called the Festival of Harvest. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah, <coughs> going and reading about the <coughs> ancient festivals, um, even though like a lot of it was kind of these ritualistic things, like it's actually really really interesting and it has a lot of like prophetic um, imagery involved with them. Yeah, um, a lot of that's in Leviticus. Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do we leave off? Verse seven. Yep. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. That was a mouthful. (laughs) And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But the others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Then (laughs) Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted at the crowd, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, just as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. That always cracks me up. (laughs) No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In these last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. So that's what they were doing. They were just prophesying. Mm -hmm. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and the signs on the earth below, fire and blood and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And let's see, did they give that reference? That's Joel 2, 28 through 32. Yeah. And 2, 17 through 21. I love that in this it's, I will pour my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. And it's not just said once. It's said twice. Men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Mm -hmm. Anytime 
a prophet or God says something twice, that's a huge thing. And if you don't, if you don't understand the culture that was the Jewish culture back then, uh, women were not even second-rate citizens; they were belongings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why Jesus's ministry, if you really examine it, Jesus's ministry was focused on making people equal, not just thieves, not just, you know, tax collectors, the blind, the deaf, the lepers, and all of that, but women as well. And some of his greatest revelations, like the fact that he was the Messiah, the fact that he was the one that could bring the dead to life, those were revelations that were first revealed to women. Yeah. That would be the woman of the well, and then... um, Martha, when she meets him, uh, like Lazarus had just died and she's like angry at him. And she's like, but I know that you can fix this. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, yeah, because I am the resurrection and the life. And it's like he that's the first time he like reveals that he has the power to do that and that he is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just awesome as well because uh, between, like, when Martha goes to get um, Mary, yeah, they call him the teacher. And and that's something else that's significant. It's like, because he was known as a great teacher, but, like, you look, um, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, and he said that, I know that you're a great teacher because of, the signs and wonders that you do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're not just teaching principles. You're actually living them out. Yeah. Yeah. And him teaching women was such a big ordeal. Yeah. Because they weren't even allowed in the synagogue. Yeah. Like, and the first people to see the tomb empty. Women. Women. So like this, this is just lining up straight with that, that everyone in the kingdom is equal. There's no, there's no distinction between that because God created both men and women. And we can get on a whole different thing right there. Um, I want to talk about starting in verse 19. It talks about like these different signs, mm -hmm. um, things that assumably would be a little bit, kind of weird and freaky yeah uh, especially like verse 20 um the sun will become dark the moon will turn blood red and i think but then in verse 21 but everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved and it's like i don't know it it makes me think about um I think the significant word in verse 21 is but. Because it's like. In the last days. We will have the spirit. We have the spirit. It was poured out here. Mm -hmm. And. We will be declaring the word of the Lord. All of these other crazy things might be going on, but mm-hmm. 
if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. And none of that stuff's going to matter. Yeah. Because well, I think I a lot of people, it's like, we know, oh, we know it's the end times because we see all of these signs and everything. It's like, you're seeing what the devil is doing. Yeah. You're, you, all you got to do is look into God's word and see what he's already done. Yeah. Because it's, but. Yeah. If you're prophesying, if you're following him, if you're looking at him, you're not looking at all this other stuff. It's like, yeah, that stuff's going to happen. But what about what God's doing? Yeah. And, and it's just simply, you call on the name of the Lord and you'll be mm-hmm. saved. And that's all right before he comes back. Yep. So that's really cool. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. We were just talking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God knew what would happen. And his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. I mean, he's he ain't holding back. He's laying it out. He was like, you put him on the cross. You did yeah. this. But... And, oh, ooh, ooh, this is good stuff. Um, <clears throat> this is uh, this is the Psalm 16 reference that we were talking about. Psalm 16, uh, verse 8 through 11. This is like one of my favorite psalms. King David said this about him, about Jesus. I see the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. Mm. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Like, it's amazing to me that that was like, that was a revelation that David got and that he really believed. I mm-hmm. mean, this was before, way before Jesus was on the earth. Yeah. And he was like, I see the Lord is always with me and my body race and safety. Um, you will not leave my soul among the dead. Um, another, uh, other translations, uh, you will not leave my soul, uh, in Sheol, which was, or Hades. yeah. <coughs> uh, like in Abraham's bosom. Um, we don't have time to get into that, but, um, <laughs> Uh, you won't allow your holy one to rot in the grave. It's that like one. you are going to raise him from the dead. Yeah. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, unlike Lazarus, like Lazarus stunk, like the decay already started happening. But with Jesus's body, like decay, had, like the grave had not started to eat away from his body. Like his body was still intact. Mm-hmm. And when he was raised, his body was glorified. But it still showed what he took on himself. Yeah. Which is awesome. So, ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dear brothers and sisters, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised. Yeah, God had promised with an oath 
that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. Mm. Um, I got a note here. I'm just looking at it. Um, David was looking. That is the Greek word. Oh, I have no idea how to say that. Prurio. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Um, But that means to foresee. Uh, I have a note. God allowed David to foresee as David worshipped and loved the Lord. Because, I mean, David was known as a man after God's own heart. And when you're willing to be that close to God and you don't, have an agenda mm-hmm. he just he just worshiped him and he loved the lord and um he was like search my heart and know me god and god allowed david to know him and know these secrets and promise these amazing things because yeah. somebody was even though they were in a high position literally king he still was humble and lowly Mm-hmm. And that's what God values. Mm. Uh, verse 32. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he, has, as he had promised, gave him the whole gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, (laughs) the Lord said to Jesus, so this is them talking back and forth, (laughs) sit in the right, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. It does <laughs> it blow because it blows me away that David is literally getting to be a part of a conversation, yeah. know a conversation from Lord to Lord, one part of the Trinity to the other, Father to Son. Yeah, <laughs> that that's I'm so good <laughs> that we can have that close of a relationship with God if we are open enough and that we don't make it about ourselves, that we make it about him. Yeah. Verse 36. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Jesus replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. And that is significant because these are the people who... Like Peter was saying, like you put him on the cross and 
if you go back to the story when like they're you know all the people were before Pontius Pilate and they're like crucify him and he washes his hands well the people say let the let his blood be on us and our children but here God's taking care of all of that yeah. and he's saying this promise of the forgiveness of sins and it's a promise to you and to your children. Generational curses are done with. Yeah. And it says, and those far away, which also means far in the future. Yeah. And yeah. even to the Gentiles. Um, those people were, they were literally saying, we want to be covered by Jesus' blood. I think we talked about that recently. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But that that's... To, we're all covered by his blood. <laughs> yeah. um, verse 39, this, is, this promise is to you, to your children, to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. <laughs> those who believed that what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. That's awesome. And, you know, Peter... Peter is such an interesting character. Um, like, so many people associate themselves with, like, early, like, gospel Peter, where he's just, like, saying whatever comes to his mind and everything. But seeing Peter at this stage... You know, after the Holy Spirit, after Jesus being crucified and risen to heaven, like Peter has been given wisdom yeah. and his boldness, like not being afraid to speak, not being ashamed of it, yeah. is converting people to life eternal. Well, like, he's always been a passionate person. Mm hmm. Um, and, like, he always seemed to be like the first one that had something to say. Yeah. And, I mean, he loved Jesus, and, I mean, like, when he was being captured, I mean, he was the first one to pull out a knife, and, yeah, like, you know, he was <laughs> like, I'm ready to fight, like, let's go. And, I mean, Jesus is like, you know, chill, bro. <laughs> like, you know, this is not how that's going to go down. Yeah. And, but, like, it's that passion put into the right place, and now they understand what Jesus did, and they are they have received the Holy Spirit and they've obviously received this revelation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, even though you killed my friend, there's a reason that this happened. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he covered my sins as well. You know, I, mm -hmm. I put him up there just as much, you know, I, I denied him and, um, but now it's a full 180. Extend into the sheep. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. And Let's that's, that's exactly sheep. what Jesus, it's like, you are the rock that my church is going to be built upon. And he's like, if you love me, feed my sheep. And that's what he's doing. All 3000 of them <laughs> just yeah. dig right out of the bat. So. And like just the Holy spirit and, emboldens and powers us like it gives us knowledge that we wouldn't have on our own yeah. and that's 
you know, that gift being there and like it being like the first time a human being has ever felt like the Holy Spirit. It's like, man, could you imagine? It's like, boom, like, and God did it in such a conspicuous way. Like, it says, like, it was like a windstorm. Yeah. Like, it'd be like a jet engine, like, going a off. roaring, roaring of a mighty windstorm, yeah. It'd be like a tornado, like, just happening in someone's, like, top floor of their house or whatever. Everybody's going to be like, what in the world? You know, everybody wants to know what's going on. And that that isn't just something that happened then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard countless stories about, like, there's just a group of believers who they just love the Lord and they're worshiping the Lord and just hungering for God. And like people like they will see like fire over the building yeah, and people call on the fire department and everything. And it's literally just like the glory of the Lord yeah. sitting on this place. It's like <laughs> those kind of signs and wonders. It's not something to seek after, um, yeah. but it, it it is something that still happens today. And I think, I think that's why, like, the book of Acts is kind of, like, a weird place in the Bible for a lot of people because it's, like, it's an invitation into the supernatural and, like, that weird people out. Yeah, (laughs) but it literally, (laughs) like, it's, like, all the supernatural weirds people out, but we literally believe that God came down, became a baby, lived for 33 years, died, and then rose again. And, like, it's like... <laughs> we already believe It's like, if you believe stuff. all of that, then why aren't you believing, like, the easy stuff to believe? <laughs> you know? And like, you got all of this crazy stuff before it, but... Well, this is supposed to be our normal. Yeah, and, the, and it when it becomes your normal, you start seeing the world in a totally different... viewpoint like it flips the script yeah and i love access so good because you're seeing all of these things you're seeing bold faith you're seeing what goes beyond just going to church you know just going to Mm -hmm. to go and because oh mama mama wants me to go to church you know i'm doing this for daddy i'm doing this for granny like these people and like I, w- I want to finish chapter two before we wrap this. This is what the church should look like, and this is what I want like people to get a hold of and get hungry because I know since I've started this walk, like I'd rather talk about God than I would anything else. Yeah. Like I don't want to talk about anything. Like if I could talk about God up over anything, like I'm, that's the first thing I'm going for. I don't care about anything else. Everything's secondary <laughs> because he's so cool. Um, <laughs> and that's that's what they did in the beginning. Well, and this very next part is, it's like, okay, now we've added all these people. We have the Holy Spirit. We're united together. Now we have, this section is literally called, the believers form a community. Mm-hmm. And this is what it's all about. The kingdom looks like family. It looks like community. Yes. So this is verse 42. <coughs> Excuse me. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, communion, 
and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and one miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And like, like when you, when I read this, like, it almost, <laughs> it almost sounds like a, like a commune or something, yep. but it was just like, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, have, It's like whatever I have is yours. I'm not defined by these possessions. Um, you know, it was saying that um, well, they shared meals with great joy and generosity. They, sh- you know, they sh- they were sharing in all things with joy yeah. and generosity, and like it was just kind of like what what's mine is yours, and we're in this together, and we just we just love the Lord, and like. Mm-hmm. It just it feels uncomplicated. Yeah, it's uncomplicated, and they shared the money with those in need. Like, there's so many people in need right now that, like, we're not saying don't take it. This you gotta sell everything that you own, and like go. You do what God tells you. Yeah, like <laughs> if He's telling you to do that, do it. But if He's not telling you, then pray about it. You know. Um, this church, it was it was a nucleus. It was, you know, it was the the center of everything, and all they wanted to do was spend time with each other, and that's something that, like, the more I'm around it, the more I'm wanting it, the more I want to talk about it, the more I want to find people that have the same hunger and drive for God. You know, it's we're surrounding ourselves with people that are in the same mind. Um, and when you do that, you're building yourself up. So whatever you surround yourself with, whatever you put into you is going to come out of you. So if you're putting good things, it's like eating the right nutrition. You eat the right things, your body's going to have energy. You're going to be able to do more. If you eat bad stuff, then you're going to be tired all the time. You're just, you know, consuming uh, sugar all the time. Then you're going to, you know, you're going to keep needing that sugar, et cetera, et cetera. Amy's just like. I'm I'm on this, like, paleo diet. And, like, I just know he's going to (laughs) eventually just go for it. Maybe. We'll we'll see. I don't know if I can give up Cokes. Cokes are really good. But. It's the same thing with the word. If we're putting the word in us, then we're getting good stuff to come out of us. If we're putting things that are making us fearful, we're putting things that we're putting triggers in front of us. And I think this this is for somebody 
If we're putting triggers in front of us that make us fearful or lustful or go after these things, you need to remove those from your life. Mm. That's what you have to do. And you need to start doing things that are putting good triggers in your life. If there's things that you don't need to watch anymore, don't watch them anymore. If there's uh, Instagram accounts that make you do certain things, guess what? You got free will. Unfollow them. Um, And it's the more you remove those things from your view and the more you put things in your path that is going to get you to stay on the right path, the better off you're going to be. And if you need to have a brother or sister in Christ that's going to walk with you through things that are going to help you grow and resist these things, it's fine to have that. It's it's good to have that because each one of us goes through different things. Each one of us have had past lives that have tried to consume us, that have tried to make us this, that, or the other, and we need to be in communion together. We need to be in a uh, a culture where it's we're 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 pulling people up instead of pushing them down. Because when we do that, when we've done that in the past as the church or the body of Christ, it's because we're we're afraid of somebody finding something out about us. Yeah. So we've got to oh well look at them, you know, and that's what's gone on for so long. Instead, we should love people and pull them up. You know, it says confess your sins one another to one another, and it builds up the body of Christ. Yeah. And I, that's one of the biggest things that I think we're, we're lacking because it, it's hard to be vulnerable, but God was vulnerable by making himself man, coming to the earth, living a sinless life, and dying for our sins and for our healing. And we as the body of Christ need to start taking that and being like, if my Lord, if my King, if my God can do that, then I can take this step. I can say something to somebody that could change their life because I'm being vulnerable. You got anything else? Um, just going back and looking at <coughs> some of these references. Um, we talked about Psalm 16, uh, but in, like, we were reading, uh, starting in verse 34, and we were saying, talking about David in the conversation, like the Lord said to my Lord, that's from Psalms 110. Um, just for your reference, but um, I just kind of want to look at it. doing the old-fashioned. I usually just have my phone, but my phone is dying. (coughs) 
There's something about physical page. <laughs> um, yeah, Psalms 110, uh, starting in verse 1. The Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies and make them a footstool under your feet. The Lord will extend your powerful kingdom from Jerusalem and you will rule over your enemies. When you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. You are arrayed in holy garments and your strength will be renewed each day like the morning dew. The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. Ooh, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. If you know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Melchizedek was, um, (coughs) he was a priest, but he, um, it talks about this in Hebrews. Uh, I can't recall the chapter, but um, he was a priest who was not in the Levite Mm -hmm. tribe. Um, I would suggest going and reading that. It's pretty awesome. But Melchizedek was, um, it was like he was like a new order of priest. And Jesus is considered our high priest because he created a completely new order. Mm. Um, Go read that. <coughs> Did they give a reference for that? Uh, yeah, Hebrew chapter Hebrews chapter five. Yeah, go check that out. Um, I'm continuing in verse five. Uh, the Lord stands at your right hand to protect you. He will strike down many kings when his anger erupts. He will punish the nations and will fill their lands with corpses. He will shatter heads over the whole earth, but he himself will be refreshed from brooks along the way. He will be victorious. There's a lot in that. Because it's, you have, like, in the quotations, like, God, the Father, talking to Jesus. And... I mean, you wouldn't think that somebody that writes, like, poetry and psalms would necessarily be someone that was prophetic, but he absolutely was. Mm-hmm. He received these revelations from God yeah. and literal conversations. like Yeah, it was like God was revealing things out of time to David because he seeked he he was seeking God's face so much. He was seeking his presence so much. And he was giving not only of his time, but of his will and everything that he was, yeah. was given to God to be able to get to this place. I remember that was um, when we were looking at these kind of cross-referencing mm-hmm. things. um pulling things out of his time or pulling on things from the future was something that we used a lot. Um, And it's just so true. And like, 
like the more and more you read the Psalms, like I think there's a lot more in there that is revealing Jesus because it, it mm-hmm. was such a significant promise. And like, I mean, that would just affect your whole life. Like, yeah, um, um, I mean, you literally have Psalms where it's like, <laughs> it uh, to me, it's like, uh, it's almost like he's, I'm just saying this is like my perspective, but it's like, um, it's like he's getting to sit in on like a secret conversation. I I don't know. <laughs> a board meeting. A <laughs> board. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. Mm. Um. But yet, verse four is is very significant. The Lord has taken an oath, and will not break his vow. Like Jesus made an oath to come and get us back. Yeah. And you are forever. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Um. And I mean, when we're when we're talking about humbling your enemies. Like it says in verse one, um, until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. And then like you go further down uh, where it's talking about, you know, punishing. um, We're talking about of the devil and we're not, you know, like it says in Ephesians, um, like you really have to look at the Old Testament from a New Testament perspective. Yeah. Um, <coughs> like, you can't just go, okay, well, this is how it was. not It's like, yeah, th- this is how it was in the Old Testament. But now, for us, looking back at it, we have a you know, New Covenant, yeah. New Testament perspective. And, you know, those, those enemies are, like it talks about in Ephesians, our war is not with flesh and blood, but with evil rulers, powers, and authorities you know, wicked beings and high places are in the spirit realm that we don't see. It's like, that is a real thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, our, that is who our enemy is. It's not people. There are people being influenced by that and living in that. Mm-hmm. But the goal, we, the goal is what Jesus came to do was to crush the power of that enemy. It's not people that are the enemy. Yeah. Um, yeah, go back and read this for yourself. And um, I mean, this was just the first two chapters and we unloaded a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, like Hebrews 5, I was reading over that while you were talking and it's lit, fam. It's... Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. Go go read it for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for this episode. Um, this is a little different, but it was fun. Yeah, it was a ton of fun, and we're gonna be doing more of this. It might become its own thing completely or whatever. But um, reading of the word and discussing it like this is how we we study as well. It's yeah. 
you know, we're reading, we're cross-referencing, we're having the Holy Spirit, you know, reveal things to us. We're, you know, we're very um, codependent on God's revelation because our understanding, our knowledge only goes so far, but God's wisdom is mm-hmm. boundless, and we've got the comforter with us at all time. We've got an advocate, and the more we press in, the more we will be revealed. And this is just an invitation for you to go and read it for yourself. Like, we aren't your Bible and mm-hmm. all that. Um, it's an invitation for you to go and seek out these things because when you get to like, I mean, there's so many more references in here and I know I haven't looked at all of them. I've looked at a lot of them, but not all of them. And it's like, it makes me want to go and look at all those things. And uh, I remember we would like pull out like our Dakes Bible and that's got (laughs) some, (laughs) that's like really in depth stuff, a lot of historical stuff and everything. Uh, Really, really awesome. Maybe we'll do that one time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this is an invitation for you to go and seek those things on a deeper level, um, like the Melchizedek stuff and, and all that. Yeah. yeah, it's all good stuff. Um, before we go, let's just uh, pray. Lord, we just thank you that your truth and your nature is being revealed in your word, Lord. God, I just pray that more and more as we seek after your face, that your wisdom will be given to us, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will start revealing more of your nature and the mysteries that you have wrapped yourself into, Lord. God, I just pray that the hunger for your word has been planted, Lord, that seed has been planted, and not only us, but the people that are watching or listening, Lord. And, God, that they will go seek after you, Lord, that they will go seek and they will listen to your word more and more, and they will be hungry for it, God. Lord, I just bless them right now, Lord. I bless them that they will have understanding and that the wisdom that they might lack, Lord, that they will seek you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed this, make sure you like it. You share it with people. Um, Getting into the Word can be kind of a, a scary thing because sometimes it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes you're like, "What? What just happened?" <laughs> you know. But just, just trust God and just be faithful and keep reading, and He's going to bring out revelation. And if you ask Him for wisdom, He'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just reading this. He will pour out his love on you and you will know who he is. And the word says, if you know God, you know that he is love. And there is so much love and power in this book. Go read it. Yes. So we hope you enjoyed it. We've got podcast version as well. We've got all these places that you can watch it, share it, subscribe it, all of that. Yep. This has been Zach. And Amy. Have a blessed week. Bye. Bye.